If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to open to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to look there today. Did you ever have your family portrait taken? Uh, Amy and I, we've had a few of them done over the years. And I remember every time we'd have a family portrait done, I always went into it wanting everything to literally be picture perfect. All right, you know the routine. We had the matching outfits. We had every hair in place. We had the big Hollywood smile. and We had that goal that, that when anyone sees our picture, they would see that picture perfect family. A family that never fusses, never fights. They smile all the time. They, they give each other lots of hugs and kisses and love. And but we know the picture on the wall doesn't always represent reality. And you know, every time we've done a family portrait, it seems like something went wrong. One time, I, I had food poisoning. Right? Not really the time you want to be standing and smiling and looking happy. But one time Xander was not in the mood to have his picture taken, so he was frowning and covering his face. And the only way we got a decent photo was he was wearing sunglasses. But once we tried uh, with our family and Amy's parents and Amy's brother and his family all together, and we went to Sears and they were running behind and our nephew got grumpy and that meant his dad got grumpy and we all got grumpy and it started other fights and it just wasn't a pleasant afternoon. But we all have those expectations for our family, right? We want the family that everyone sees in that portrait to be the family that lives together every day. You, you know, you got married and, and you had that picture-perfect family in mind. The husband, the wife, 2.3 kids, the dog or cat, whatever your preference may be. And you would just be one big happy family all the time. But we also know the hard truth that real family is not the one hanging on the wall. It's the one that lives in the home day in and day out. And real family doesn't always live up to the expectations of that family portrait. I read a story about a little boy who attended a special worship service. And they had this parent-child dedication. It was a very moving service. And on the way home, the little boy started crying in the back seat. And the dad asked him, he said, son, what's wrong? And the boy said, Dad, the preacher said we ought to be reared in a good Christian home, but I'd rather stay with you guys. <laughs> See, we all want that picture-perfect family, that picture-perfect marriage, those picture-perfect kids. That's our expectation. And conflict arises when the marriage or the kids or the parents don't meet our expectations. I mean, think about it this way. Husbands. How many of you are working long hours, burning the midnight oil, trying to meet the expectations of providing for your family, for all that they need and want? Or wives, are you at the end of your rope without a knot, trying to meet the expectations of the rest of the family that they place on you? To be the cook and the housekeeper and the soccer mom and, and now teacher. <laughs> Parents, are you ever criticized and critiqued by your kids on why you're not better parents? Do they ever tell you not to expect too much of them, that they can't be perfect? Or kids, do you ever feel like your parents expect too much? And do you talk back to them? Do you mouth off and disobey them just out of respect, lack of respect? I mean, all we have to do is look at what happened to the family over the last 50 years, and, and we know that the expectations of having one have been dashed and disappointed. I mean, look at the breakdown of the family. 
A lot of research and statistical data looks pretty grim. Since 1960, the divorce rate in our country has doubled. Single-parent households have tripled. Couples living out of wedlock have quadrupled and are now in the majority. Domestic violence has quadrupled. We have the highest teenage pregnancy rate of any developed nation in the world. And a lot of us know the hearts and the heartaches and the headaches that come with when that picture-perfect family is broken. Some of us are sitting here saying, we don't want it to happen again. And the rest who haven't experienced that family breakup, we want to make sure it never happens to us. And hopefully that's what this series that we're starting today is designed to do. To show us what a picture-perfect family is in the eyes of God. Because God has something to say to the family as a whole and to each individual member of the family. And so for the next five weeks, we're going to plant ourselves in one passage of Scripture. It's in Colossians chapter 3. And it amazes me that uh, of all the great issues that God deals with, you know, heaven and hell, life and death, good and evil, God has a lot to say to the family. And we can learn what God thinks about the family. So, so look with me at Colossians chapter 3, verse 18. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Now, if you were expecting this encyclopedia of truth, you're, you're going to be disappointed. Because when we learn how God sees the family and what God wants from the family, honestly, it's going to be a great relief. Because we all have many expectations for our family, right? We want our kids to make straight A's. We want to marry good-looking people. We want to have beautiful kids. We want our husbands and dads to be successful and admired and cool and our wives and mothers to be a good cook and keep a neat house. And, and more times than not, family members just don't live up to our expectations. But God has one expectation for the family. And His one expectation is this. He desires for the family to glorify Him by fulfilling their unique roles and responsibilities that He's given to each of us. And when everyone in the family understands their role in that family, when they understand what their responsibility is to the family, and they fulfill it and they meet those, God is glorified. And in His eyes, that is a picture-perfect family. See, God understands we are not always going to be picture-perfect. Right? Just like an engine that doesn't always hit on all eight cylinders, neither will the family. And there are times when a family remembers that it's all about God and His glory and they get it right. And even when dealing with our mess-ups and our faults, and God's glory will shine through. So as we think about this passage of Scripture, uh, not just today, but over these next few weeks, I want you to think about how does God look at your family? How does God look at my family? See, God has a passion for your family. You can go all the way back to the first chapter of the first book of the Bible, to the beginning of time, and you find that God is focused on family. Right? He's the one who created the first home, performed the first marriage, brought the first children into the world. And here in Colossians, 
God takes time to speak to the different members of the family because he's passionate about both the family as a whole and as individuals. You know why God created human beings? He wanted family. Hebrews 2.10 says this, God is the one who made all things, and all things are for his glory. He wanted to have many children share his glory. God created the world with family in mind. Every boy that grows into a man, every girl that grows into a woman, dreams of one day having their own family, right? And God wants a family as well. And he created you and me to be a part of that. And you could almost subtitle the Bible, Focus on the Family. Because the Bible is a story of how God is building this family, even now, that, that will love him and worship him and one day live with him forever. Ephesians 1.5 says, He predestined us to be adopted as his sons and daughters through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. God desires for your family to be as close to that picture-perfect family as possible. And so he puts these instructions to each member of the family on the role they are to play and the responsibility that they must fulfill. And he's so passionate that your family be all the family it can be. He's given us these specific detailed instructions, right, to the husbands, to the wives, to the parents, to the kids, on how you play your part. But we also learn that God has a plan for your family. And his plan for your family has not changed since the first chapter of Genesis. But you wouldn't know that by looking at how the family has changed in America. I mean, just look at TV over the last five or six decades and see how family has changed. Right? We've gone from Father Knows Best and Andy Griffith and Leave It to Beaver in the 60s to the Brady Bunch and All in the Family in the 70s to Dallas and the Cosby Show in the 80s to Married with Children and the Simpsons in the 90s to Desperate Housewives and Everyone Loves Raymond in the 2000s and now today we have the Kardashians and The Bachelor. I mean, it seems like each family gets less and less picture-perfect with each passing decade. There's even this massive effort today to redefine the family, and they're saying that families with two dads or two moms are acceptable. But God's plan has never changed. His idea has always been what we see in Colossians 3. Husband, wife, functioning as mom and dad with children, growing up with both. And from a biblical perspective, it does not take a village to raise a child. It takes a family to raise a child. And that's why broken homes are a tragedy. And I want you to understand that there are many that live in broken homes through no fault of their own. There are single parents who didn't choose to be single parents. And those families are every bit as special to God as families with a mom and a dad. That's why God says in His Word that I'll be a husband to the widow and a father to the orphan. God's expectations for the family involves every member of that family seeking to glorify Him by fulfilling His or her God-given roles and responsibility. And the great news is that happens in any family, whether it's led by a single dad or single mom or blended family or, or whoever. The great news is that every family is eligible for the blessing of God on their home if they follow God's instructions for their lives.
And it leads here that God has a purpose for your family. It may sound a bit arrogant for me to tell you that I know what God's purpose for your family is. But the reason I can say that with 100% confidence is because God's purpose for the family is the same purpose He has for everything on this planet. And what is that? Well, Paul tells us, Romans 11.36, Everything comes from God alone. Everything lives by His power, and everything is for His glory. God created the stars and the planets and the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and the animals in the wilderness and jungle, and He created you and He created me for one reason, for His glory. The reason Jesus was sent to this planet was to save us from the greatest sin of all, and that is failing to give God the glory He deserves. Right? Romans 3.23 tells us all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all missed it. Rick Warren put it this way. None of us have given God the full glory He deserves from our lives. That is the worst sin and the biggest mistake we can make. On the other hand, living for God's glory is the greatest achievement we can accomplish in our lives. If you want to know what your family is primarily meant to do, what, if you want to know what you are primarily meant to do as a husband or wife or mother or father or child, it's this. Bring glory to God. And how? Well, John 17, Jesus said this, I brought glory to you here on earth by doing everything you told me to do. So when husbands, when we do what God tells us to do as husbands, wives, when you do what God tells you to do as wives, children, when you do what God tells you to do as children, parents, when we do what God tells us to do as parents, God is glorified. And it's in those moments that we get it right and we are a picture-perfect family. Uh, let me ask you, do you know the following people or organizations? Jack Tinker and Partners. Uh, Doyle, Dane, and Birnbach. Or what about BBD&O? Or Foot Cone and Belding? Or maybe even J. Walter Thompson? Do, do you recognize any of those names? Now, if you didn't, I can assure you, everyone on that list could not be happier. You see, they're all advertising agencies. And they don't exist to make a name for themselves. They exist to make a name for others. And you may not know these, those individuals and organizations, but you'll be familiar with the work. I mean, see if you recognize slogans. Right? Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Jack Tinker and Partners created that slogan for Alka-Seltzer. Or, we try harder. Doyle, Dane, and Bombach created that slogan for Avis. Or, mm-mm, good. That Campbell soup phrase, used since 1935, thanks to BBDO. Or, when you care enough to send the very best. Hallmark began using that line in 1934, courtesy of Foot, Cone, and Belding. We've all heard the, the jingle for this cereal, right? Snap, crackle, pop. Rice Krispies? Yeah, that's thanks to J. Walter Thompson. And see, we can learn a lot from these companies. Because what they do for their clients, we as individuals and we as a family 
are to do for God. And that is to always reflect His glory. Always promote Him in every area of our life. I mean, just imagine, how would our community be different? How would your neighborhoods be different? How would our churches be different if we understood the big picture, which is all about giving God glory by the way we live, by the way we love, by the way we treat one another? See, understand this. Having that picture-perfect family starts with you. Before anything else can change, you must change. And it starts by surrendering your life to God, your heart to God, your, your desires to God. It starts by living your life in the way that God desires for you to live. So can I ask you this morning, have you surrendered your life to God? Or is that something you need to do today? If that's your desire, I, I invite you to come. I would love the opportunity to, to share more with you. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this opportunity to worship you. I thank you for the desire for us as your children that is so clearly laid out in Scripture. You've shown us as husbands, as wives, as parents, as children, how to honor you, how to live within the family as you desire. And Lord, I pray that today and over these next few weeks that you will help us not just listen to your word, but do what it says to develop that picture-perfect family that you desire. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.